Welcome everybody, Yankee Chronicles Podcast. I'm Bobby. I am here with Rob Donald and Evan. And before we get started, we just want to ask you to check out statementgames.com. You can find a unique experience for your fantasy sports. Check out docadamsbaseball.org and learn about the founder of baseball. And as always, check us out on Radio Play Live at eight uh, at, uh, 10, 10 a.m. and 8 p.m. daily. Uh, Evan, you had a very interesting idea on um, that the MLB should do for marketing. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we've talked about how they have issues with marketing and promoting the sport anyway and the players. Clint Frazier made a custom bat today, which was absolutely hilarious. It's literally his face on a bat. He has the, the red hair, sunglasses on, and like a bunch of other stuff. And it's, it's hilarious. It's a big orange bat. And I think that if Major League Baseball comes up with an idea to market those bats for each player, maybe you only have like the superstars get to do it or, or anyone with like a big con- – I don't know how they would come up with it. But imagine a Tatis bat and how excited that would get the youth. So if you had like a custom bat every year and then at the end of the season, you have the fans vote for their favorite bat and then that bat is auctioned off to a charity, a fan or some other, you know, Steiner sports organization, whatever. And it's basically like a once a year type of event that kind of promotes baseball and it's unique it's kind of like when the Hess trucks did their thing every Christmas, you know? So you'd have something to look forward to. Like we have the hall of fame every summer. That's something that baseball fans get to look forward to. And I think if they did this with the bat, a bunch of the youth would be more excited about it. We talk about swagger and style and fashion and all the other sports. And yet we don't have that in baseball. And it's not like our baseball players aren't stylish or don't have, you know, yeah. Bryce Harper, to, Harper is a very marketable player. Trout isn't. But if you gave Trout like a cool bat, maybe he suddenly becomes someone who people are like, okay, maybe he's not boring, like a Trout. Yeah, riverbed with a Trout. Yeah, a riverbank with a Trout. Yeah, exactly. Trout's a very boring fish. Very boring fish. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there are some that don't have the personality for it, and really just would not have fun with it. Like DJ, for example, I love DJ Lemayhew. But he's the most quiet, boring person in our locker room, 100%. He's a machine. He just yeah. His job is to terminate the opposing pitchers, and he does a very good job of it. That's yep. his job. <laughs> no, but how about we make it like, the, for instance, the All-Star game? Like, there you whoever go. makes the All-Star game has themselves a custom bat. That would work, too. Yeah, that's that would Because the All-Star game has uh, struggled for appeal – the last little while because there's not been that many marketable players, you know, back in, in yep. our day, you know, because we're old now, back in our day we had, <laughs> you know, Jeter and Garcia Parra and all these guys that everybody loved, that everybody, you know, had their own, like Barry Bonds, these kind of guys. Yeah. Now it's kind of different. But if they had a marketability where, you know, they all had a custom bat for the All-Star game, it would make it a little bit more fun. And uh, and people would maybe buy their bats or buy the jerseys more for. Yeah. I think that's a really good. I think that would be something that could actually work. If you think about yeah. the All Star Game in the NBA, you know they've got a really cool jerseys. You know, mm-hmm. everyone has their really cool jerseys and stuff for the All Star Game. So if we had a really cool bat for the MLB All Star Game, I think that would be really cool. Right, and they could actually expand it on that idea too, because you have jerseys and stuff for the All Star 
you know, teams, you got different hats. So maybe they can custom make the hats or maybe the yeah. pitchers get to custom make their gloves. So you're just adding to the hype of that kind of event and you're going to make a lot of money off of it, which is that's something what you that, should do. I think that's a great idea. Man. Yeah, I agree. That. Yeah. Well, they could do all you. that for a lot of stuff. Um, even with the cleats, we saw Clint make his own custom yeah. cleats, you know, let the players express themselves. It doesn't have to mean though, they have to be an all-star. It's a great idea. But if all players are able to express themselves in some way, it's going to get more people to say, hey, this sport's letting the players do something different here. So even if it's a guy as boring as LeMahieu, who doesn't really do much, but then you can see a guy, you know, like Geo might come up with something different. You just look all around the league, like a quiet, unknown player, come up with a pretty cool-looking pair of cleats and a bat. You're like, oh, he's pretty cool. Let me pay attention to him. These kind of things are going to attract different kind of fans. You might not think about that, but – it's going to attract some sort of fans. And like Evan brought up with auctioning things off at the end of the season, that could be great to get more eyes on the sport because they need it. You know, baseball's kind of dying off. I know people don't want to hear that, but they need to get as much eyes on the sport as possible. It's a great idea. Yep. And it's, it's not unheard of because we have pink bats for Mother's Day, you know. And I remember when Nick Swisher was, was playing, he always made a big deal of uh, – of having his pig back for Mother's Day and things like that, you know, because he's a fun, you know, uh, player that everybody kind of rooted for. So I, I think uh, I think something similar makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I, I, I'm the more I'm thinking about it, and the more we're talking about it, the more I'm loving the idea. Really. I'd also be happy if they did it during spring training as well. If they didn't want to do it the all-star game, but you want to let every player have the ability to do it, like Rob said, then you do it at spring training. Maybe you have like, you know, there's a there's only a couple national broadcast games anyway. So maybe you pick two or three of those games and you let the players express themselves through those games. Because I feel like if it's spring training and you're having a nationally broadcast game, but you're not using it to promote other stuff in the game, then why exactly are you showing it? Because not that many people are going to watch. But maybe if you add, oh, they're going to do this cool thing today or they're going to do that cool thing today, then maybe the youth will be like, oh, I better watch the spring training game. I'm I'm just concerned about Rob Manfred, man, because as Rob brought up the cleats, uh, remember when uh, Bauer was – had a like, <laughs> he had a little joke about the Astros on his cleat, and he was about he was threatened with unbelievable punishment that yeah. would have been far beyond anyone's wildest imagination, just for having it was a little joke about the Astros uh, trash right. can situation. And the uh, joke is far worse than calling the fucking trophy a piece of metal. Of course, or actually just cheating flat out to win a championship exactly. so <laughs> that's what's so funny so i'm just worried about uh whether rob manfred would just take a step back and allow players to actually express themselves because that was just an expression of opinion you know so yeah. it's uh, i'm worried about manfred but if a forward-thinking gm like uh, the nba M- nba has with adam silver um you would you could really seriously see ways in which to market the game such as the yep. way that Evans uh, suggested. Right. I also think it's interesting that for the most part, the four of us are kind of old school baseball fans, but you get to a point where the product becomes outdated and you need the youth to come in so that they can become what we are today. You know, mm-hmm. we, were, we were born baseball fans and then we adapted to what the sport was. 
you need to do that for the youth or you're never going to improve what we have as a product. Right. The game has to evolve. And Rob, like Donald just said, Rob Manfred's going to get in the way of anything, you know, anything that can evolve the game, unless it's something stupid, like a seven inning double header, then he's going to go ahead and approve it. But something as cool as having uh, players with custom bats and custom cleats, that's too much. You can't have that. But, you know, giving us stupid rules and extra innings, that's what he's going to sign off on. So, like Donald said, the only person that can get in the way with this, get in the way of doing this, is Rob Manfred. He's probably not going to approve anything like this because he's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> and even though, you know, like I was saying, we're, we're, we're not the new generation anymore. You know, we're older now. So if we're able to say, hey, this is a cool idea, that just shows how good of idea it is. Is we're very crit- critical of of change sometimes. Especially when I don't like change at all. I really don't. I mean, I wanted the universal DH rule, but beyond that, I don't think there should be any of these new changes. No, I don't think so. There's something like this that markets the sport better, that makes more money so that we can have a better product on the field so players are taken care of, so fans are taken well, care of. You're not changing the game. You're just changing them. You're, you're just adding to the marketing. Exactly, <laughs> which is why I don't understand that he, someone who is a financial-minded person who was brought in to make money for the owners, can't see the advantage in these ideas that we're coming up with to make money for the owners and for him and the players. It just makes no sense to me. How does seven inning double headers do anything but ruin the game? Explain someone explain to me how it's positive. There are no pros to that, only cons. There is no positives to it. It's a terrible rule. Nobody likes it. And the one thing that people wanted was universal DH, and we don't even have that because it's been mentioned before, it's going to be used as a bargaining chip in the next CBA. So we're in for a terrible CBA. It sucks. We can't even get a job right now. And this is a guy who can hit 35 home runs. He should be on any team, especially as a DH. It's ridiculous. You know, I talked about, you know, the statements from Encarnacion. You know, he's like, it's not fair that mm-hmm. I don't get 15 teams to interview with. Yeah, Sin Shu Chu had to go back to the Korean baseball league. Because no one wants to sign it. Are wow. you kidding me? His on-base percentage, among other things, makes him a great baseball player. But for some reason, there is no market for him. So he Which has. Which is to crazy because you know how much the analytics nerds love OBP. It's like their favorite stat. It's like their most important stat. <laughs> right. That they view and above anything else about batting average. Right. Yeah. It's really important because Manfred needs. To, I mean, the issue is Manfred and Tony Clark basically can't stand each other. <laughs> you know, like the MLBPA and, you know, and the commissioner of baseball, they just, they don't get on. And that's a big, big issue. Well, and that's why we could they even... hired, sorry to cut you off, but that's why they hired Griffey Jr. and Abanez. They're hoping that it's going to bridge the gap a little bit. I yeah, don't see they it need to somehow figure it out. To start. You're not, you're not going to sway those egos at all. This is going to be, it's going to get nasty. Once they really get going, um, you know they should they should start laying you know they should start putting breadcrumbs out about the CBA now, to, just to get the ball rolling. I'm expecting a strike, to be honest. I, I, I hope I hope not. I hope not I, I either. I but... feel that way too, but I'm really hoping because it, I I don't think you're gonna see the the fans come back. 
Any 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 progress, if any, that they've made expanding this game to a different generation will be gone, and it'll never recover. To a point, to a point, because if you look at hockey when they had their lockouts, for sure in 05, they lost a large portion of fans. But because of strong marketing and other things, now in 2021, they're doing really well. So, you know, it is something that if we if baseball has a strike, it could put them back 10 years. But I don't think it's going to kill the sport. It won't because, I mean, listen, <laughs> there's a lot of fans that were going to say this after this after the season was cut to 60 they're like you know what i'm done because they just could not agree to anything and it was ridiculous and they were throwing airing their dirty laundry on twitter from both sides posting dirty laundry about the other side while these negotiations were going on about the season and a lot of fans were turned off because you know the, the country was struggling with the coronavirus and they were fighting about who was going to get prorated salary you know and that was an ugly look for the sport, but they came back and they sorted it out. And then, to be honest, there was a lot of fans that watched over the 60-game season. So I wouldn't be overly concerned because at the end of the day, we're diehard fans. And, you know, if we're denied our Yankees for an extended period of time, we'll freaking miss them. And right. when it comes back, we'll be, like, overjoyed. So I think the sport will be okay. But in terms of uh, new fans, that would struggle. New yeah. fans would not be interested. Plus, once you get to the playoffs, if your city is in it, you're not going to give a fuck. You know, the random guy on the street who's selling hot dogs may not watch sports, but he still gives a shit about his city's team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he wants to sell the hot dogs. Exactly. <laughs> I love hot dogs, by the way. Street dogs, they're the best. Oh, the dirty water dogs? Not, they're not so bad. good. I might take a list. to the city today just to get a hot dog. Let's get our lists, guys. All right. Do we want to? Do we have time to get into the list today? Of course, we got time. Let's do it. If we all, all talk, right. like I so, do. <laughs> yesterday we closed out saying we wanted to list at least five players that we think are, are vital there to uh, getting the Yankees to the World Series and hopefully winning it. Because I think you just have to get. I think the Yankees have to get there this year. They have to. Otherwise, it's all a failure. Yeah. Um, and not, not just because it's the Yankees and we think that they should be in it every year because they have a, you know, the history. Um, Evan, what's your, do you have, what's your, uh, do you have a picture? Do you want me to just give you the five I have? Go ahead. Okay. Uh, in no order, just five guys. Uh, Kluber, Stanton, Judge, Sanchez and Torres. Okay. The other ones I left off because I expect them to do what they did last year. I thought Voight was fine. I thought DJ was fine. Um, you know, Geo d- dropped a little bit, but I'm still fine with what he, you know, puts yeah. in their first. I have no problem. I don't think he needs to prove anything. I think he needs to just go out there and be Geo and let everything else fall into place. Yeah. So if, if you have all the guys that I just mentioned, Kluber, Judge, Stanton, Sanchez, and Torres, all pulling their weight. We have one of the most deadly lineups in the game. And we have a guy who, you know, could possibly win a Cy Young this year if he's anything like he was in 2018. So, you know, if, if he really pitches well, we got a special, special team. Yeah. Rob, how about you? Um, I got Sanchez at the top of my list. Um, I think it's so important. 
And if, even if he doesn't have to be 2017, Gary, if we can just get what we got out of the first half of 2019, this lineup is going to thrive. And so will the pitching staff, because he was pretty good defensively that year, in my opinion. I also have Chapman and Chad Green is kind of like a combo. We really need Chad Green to be consistent. And the same goes for Chapman. He might get the save, but he doesn't really look good doing it all the time. We need him to be like lights out. We need that out of our closer, especially in the playoffs. I have Tyon as well. Um, I think in, in terms of Kluber's injury, it's it was more like a freak thing. With Tyon, we need to see him come back from those two Tommy Johns. And if he's like himself in 2018, that's our number three starter. That's a damn good player. I have Clint Frazier on my list. We saw him take that list or the, the, that leap last year. Now I want to see him keep running with it and evolve into this very good player that I think we, we all think we can, he can be. And number five, I had Davey Garcia. I want that bot, that back end of the rotation to be solidified with him. And I want to see him keep growing as a player and become that eventual potential number two, number three guy right there behind Garrett Cole. So I think I could put, you know, judge and Stanton. obviously those are obvious guys that they need to improve from last year. They need to play. That's the big thing. But um, yeah, those are the guys that I really think uh, I kind of want to take a different approach, I guess, you know, names that people might not mention. No, I like your take. I think the bullpen idea you had is fantastic. Yeah. Where's your about you, Donald? There's a terrific list from from both guys. To be honest, it's it's pretty much similar. I would uh, have uh, Kluber on my list because, you know, hypothetically, he's he's due to be, you know, slot into the number two slot. Um, If he struggles health-wise, if he struggles performance-wise, you know, getting back because he's not pitched in a while and his ERA is up in the high fours and the fives as a number two starter, we, we're kind of be in trouble because we, we're, uh, we've we got a lot of options for the fourth and fifth spots, but we don't have much to cover the, the top end of the rotation. So, uh, And if Kluber's injured or anything like that, the Yankees are, are, are going to be kind of in trouble. So it kind of speaks for itself. I would have Kluber... As number one, I'm not concerned about Tyone for some reason. I think Tyone is going to kick ass, and uh, and uh, he looks just terrific from everything I hear. Um, you know, the, you know, you see Buster only tweet that uh, that Tyone's control looks just fantastic, and uh, so they're really excited. Uh, the Yankees are really excited about what they're seeing from Tyone right now. So my number one right now would be Kluber. Next is Torres because Torres. Um, this is interesting because obviously he is incredible. He has the potential to be one of the, the best, one of the best players in the whole of baseball, you know. But uh, if he struggles at short this this whole year to the same extent as he did in the uh, in the shortened season, this has ramifications because the Yankees obviously invested so much in uh, DJ to play second, you know. And uh, obviously they want Luke to be first base because of his, with his power and his OBP, you know. And uh, if Torres struggles to the same extent as last season, it, it, it really um, creates some questions that the Yankees don't really want to have to answer, you know, because then you have to mess around with Voight and DJ and all that stuff that you don't really want to have to do because you want Torres to be the shortstop. So that's a really important uh, step up for Torres. Not worried about his bat. His bat's going to be terrific. His defense, that's really important. Catcher, uh, Gary Sanchez, he needs to he needs to start blocking balls, man. 
As bad, I'm not overly concerned because the eight other guys are going to absolutely rake. It's, uh, you know, he's going to run into a couple of uh, fastballs that are going to go into the end of the Bronx somewhere. Uh, so I'm not too concerned about his bat. It's his, his blocking the plate and uh, being a reliable catcher. And you want a situation where pitchers are happy to pitch to him, you know, and not be afraid that he's going to let balls just fly everywhere because if you've got a, a pitcher with terrific stuff, terrific off-speed stuff, stuff that moves and Sanchez can't get down to it or can't get over to it, it there's a trust factor and a reliability factor. And I think Garrett Cole needs to learn to trust him because I don't think he does at the moment. And so that's something there. That's a big one. Uh, great idea by Rob to bring up Chapman. Um, you, you're not going to make the uh, World Series without, uh, without a reliable closer that, uh, that you know is going to be a lockdown. Not somebody that loads the bases and just sneaks through. You want somebody that can just mow them down and move on. So that's a really important one because uh, at the moment, I think Zach Britton should be our closer uh, just because he's, he's got the kind of, uh, he's got the kind of leadership and uh, he doesn't mess around. And you saw last year, he just mowed everybody down, just got on with it. Chapman makes everybody sweat, himself included. <laughs> so uh, I would say Chapman is, is very important too. So those are, those are the ones. And then the next one is Aaron Judge. Because uh, uh, as we discussed in the previous podcast, um, his health is the only thing that's stopping him. It's the only thing that's stopping him from getting a big contract and from for the Yankees tying him down and him leading the franchise for, for the next five, six years. So um, he needs to prove his health. He needs to play at least 120 games and he needs to have a productive year and uh, and prove that, uh, that he can be uh, relied upon to play, to play every day. So um, those are that's my list. All right. Yeah, I had something similar, and but I had number one was Sanchez, but I have him on uh, on the top for defensive purposes. The bat will come. The, the lineup is solid enough where it can it can hide um, slumps, but his defense, he's got to get back to. Um, he can't let all these balls get past him. He's got to get. He's got to stop with the on you know the the knee stance and go back to more of a traditional catcher stance. I think that would benefit him. Can I throw in a quick point about him? Sorry to cut you off. Okay. Um, the thing with Sanchez is he gets in his own head yeah. when he starts to struggle. He just doesn't know what to do. So you guys are 100% right. If he figures out the defensive stuff, he's going to feel so comfortable that the bat's going to do itself regardless. That's why I'm not worried about the offensive side on Gary. Because once he gets – and because when he goes into his slumps at the plate, it also starts to affect his catching. Mm-hmm. If he's able to separate the two and really just focus on honing his skills as a defensive catcher, the rest will fall back into place. I also had kind of a, like a a dark horse pick for this for this list, and I think that it's gonna it's important for Jordan Montgomery to step up. Um, I think he's he's got a great nice, call, bro. Got a nice nice arsenal. I really think he's important to the end of that bottom half of that rotation, um, especially not knowing what's gonna happen how Severino is going to come back. We need that experienced pitcher that um, 
can hold down the fourth or fifth spot until right. It also it also Garcia takes off the pressure from Garcia, who now can just exactly. focus on figuring out what he needs to do as the fifth starter. Yeah, he doesn't have to be the stopgap, you know, because we lost the, the previous game. Um, and, I, and Montgomery's got a solid head. You know, he doesn't let a, he doesn't let a lot of things get to him. He holds himself very accountable. You know, in um, his rookie year, he did very well interviewing with the uh, the Yes Network. Yeah, he, he reminds me of DJ a little bit. Game, he's like, I sucked. You know, and I kind of like that attitude. Not like, well, you know, I wish I would have gotten that call. And th- no, he held himself accountable. Uh, I think he's going to be very important to that rotation. A lot of people aren't mm-hmm. uh, bringing him up. Um, I actually my, also, my, my third pick was Aaron Hicks. Um, I think defensively, he's very important to center field. But also, his being a switch hitter, he's very important to be uh, productive in the lineup. We need that switch hitter that could move around to balance out the, uh, the the lineup against whether it's a righty or a lefty. Because we, we are a little right-handed heavy. So him being able to, to swing from the left side, and he needs to be able to be fluid in the lineup. Yeah. So whether he's batting third or he's batting seventh or he's batting ninth as the second leadoff hitter. I think that's very important that Hicks really has a good good year coming back from his injuries. Yeah, that's a good one too. That's a really good list, bro. Also, um, Chad Green, I, I really want to see. Um, pretty much, we know what we're going to get from him. I just want to see it one more year. You know, spot start if there's a, you know some if there's a pitcher that's not ready. Or a question for you, Bobby. Yeah. Uh, do you value Chad Green over Batances? Like between the two, who would you rather have on the team? Chad Green. Chad Green. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Well, because Chad Green is is more diverse with with, with his ability and his skill t- skill level. He can better control too. He Much better him. control. He be, I'm yeah, sure they wouldn't even face him if he closed the game. Yep. I also think he's mentally stronger. I think we yeah. stunted Batances' growth with all the arbitration crap. Once you get someone negative it's really hard to get them back on your side. Really, really hard. And I think Patances just didn't trust the organization anymore. Why should he have? They treated exactly. him like crap. He shouldn't have. I yeah. wouldn't have either if they treated me like that. It was right. a matter of what? Like $100,000? It was ridiculous. It's all Randy Levine's fault. Yeah. yeah. Go on, Bobby. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. And um, I also have um, Torres uh, at shortstop. Uh, I want to see uh, I want to see him up his game a little bit. I, I think he's gonna he can be one of the premier shortstops in the game. He's just got to he's got to allow himself to to uh, he's got to work on his uh, range a little bit. I'd like to see a little more motion on the on contact. So, see about range for sure. <clears throat> you know the bat's gonna be what it is. Same with you know with a lot of those guys. The bat's gonna come. It's more, you know, the defense is really where I want to see a lot of guys step up a little bit. So I stay, I stay more defensive on the on my on my end. I mean, we need to. We led the league in errors. Yeah, yeah. And Tampa defense Bay, was our big issue last year. Exactly. Yeah. You know, especially you know, in the in the postseason, 
runs are not easy to come by. We can't be giving away runs. Yeah. Especially, you know, on, on errors, you know, or you know, misreading the ball. You know, the defense really needs to to wake up a little bit. And this is for uh, – sorry, can I interrupt for a very sec? As you say, um, runs are very hard to come by in the playoffs. And in the same respect, I think this is an organization issue. I think the Yankees need to look at their approach with their at-bats in the playoffs or in these games where it's a pitching duel. They need to amend their approach because if they're just swinging from their heels all the goddamn time – They're all trying to play hero ball. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes – Sometimes a couple of singles makes all the world a difference. So I would like the Yankees to to look at their approach, especially in two strike situations. Um, they should uh, they should be aiming for the gaps, aiming to make contact rather than swinging for the roof. Because nine times out of ten, you're going to strike out. You get nothing. Yeah. All right. We so also need to utilize the bunt more because players like Brett Gardner are really good bunters. Derek Jeter. Was a fabulous bunter. He's one of the best. And analytics has completely pushed bunting out of the game. But I, I wouldn't. I would quite like up. the Yankees to steal bases. I don't know why that's been outlawed by analytics. Stealing bases yeah. would be great. And I also just think that just moving the runners over. So but that's could, a could it's no imagine? organization approach, which has failed the Yankees for the last ten goddamn years in the playoffs. True. Just move the runner over. <laughs> DJ but does if, it beautifully. Nobody does it like DJ. He does. If Mark Teixeira knew how to bunt, the shift wouldn't have done shit to him. Yeah. That was a big, yeah. Take, you know, if they're, if they're all on one side of the field, just lay it down the other side of the other way. I hate the shift, by the way. I would have no problem if they banned it. I get why they can't and why they won't, but the shift is just so fucking stupid to me. Yeah. Well, it's the, over, the overshifts are stupid. Yeah. I get you. Like, want I don't like seeing the third baseman in right field. That makes this yeah, fucking weird. Exactly. Well, that's why I was saying that they could only move X amount of feet. Yeah, you can't have the third baseman playing behind the first baseman. Yeah. Why don't they have the pitcher pitch from first base? That's an advantage, right? Like the fuck? It's stupid. Stop shifting. No, that'd be interesting. Yeah, they'll move, or they'll move the mound back, you know, another you know, a couple of feet because of the velocity. You know. uh, They're going to turn this game into a goddamn joke in the next 20 years. Yep. Yeah, it's, going, it's, it's a sad state. No. Okay, I got to go eat my pretzel dogs. Let's wrap All right. <laughs> All right. This is on behalf of everybody, yankeechronicles.com. Hope everybody has a good day. Stay safe and stay smart.